0: Welcome to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Candace Sampson. We are only a couple of days away now from entering the last month of 2021, and although many of us felt this year was a repeat of 2020, I think we can all agree things feel slightly more hopeful than they did last year at this time. Holiday parties are happening, friends and family are planning gatherings, and despite the occasional setback, it does feel like we are moving into a post-pandemic world for 2022. So how are you feeling about things? That's what we're asking on the What She Said Facebook page today, so hop on over after today's show and share your thoughts. But first, stick around for another incredible lineup of guests. Coming up on today's show, the link between social media and depression, anxiety, body image issues, and sadly, suicide is undeniable. That's why my first guest, Keisha Simpson, along with her sister, Tegan, created the As She Is Challenge. Since 2019, the campaign has spread to 60 countries and has had a potential reach exceeding well over 100 million. Today, Keisha joins me to share some ways that we and our kids can push back and use social media instead of social media using us. Anne Brody had me in tears this week with the trailer for the new three-part Beatles documentary on Disney Plus called The Beatles Get Back. If you're a Beatles fan, you won't want to miss the never-before-seen footage of Paul, John, Ringo, and George. Plus, she shares deets on the new TVO doc on Elway Yost and the unexpected and dramatic The Humans in theaters now. At 85 years young, my next guest is a role model for us all. Dr. Sally Palmer is tireless and has an astounding 45-year track record of volunteering in her community. She joins me to discuss the importance of getting involved in your community. A social justice advocate, an Indigenous ally, and founder of the Good Food Box program, which provides fresh produce to low-income Ontarians, Dr. Palmer joins me to share what volunteering has given to her, and more important, what it can give to us. Melissa Pateras started to share her laundry tips and tricks on TikTok partly as a joke, but it quickly turned into a wildly popular account as people everywhere started to follow laundry talk faithfully. Melissa joins me to share her journey on TikTok, which includes pulling the love of her life out of the dryer. Finally, we close out this week's show chatting with Melanie Durant. Fresh off her hit single, Bait and Switch, Melanie has released the brand new video for her single, One in a Million, and joins me to share the inspiration behind the song before we play it for you in its entirety at the end of the show. It's another full week at what she said with interviews that empower, educate, and entertain. So let's jump in right now on 105.9 The Regent.
1: Less than the stress and then obsessing about somebody else is no fun. And snakes and storms never broke my bone, so.
0: social media is significantly linked to depression, anxiety, body image issues, and suicide. That's why my next guest and her sister Tegan created the As She Is Challenge. Since 2019, the campaign has spread to 60 countries and has had a potential reach exceeding well over 100 million. Sophie Trudeau, Alessia Kara, Penny Oleksiak, Hayley Wickenheiser, Caitlin Osmond are a few examples of great Canadians who have participated in the challenge. Joining me now to discuss is co-founder Keisha Simpson. Welcome to What She Said, Keisha.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So you say that social media by itself isn't what's affecting our mental health. It's how we use it. Can you explain or expand on that a little bit for me?
2: Yeah, 100%. So these platforms by themselves aren't actually causing us to have mental health issues, right? It's it's these habits that we've created with these platforms that are affecting us it's the way that we scroll through it's the the thoughts that go through our minds as we as we look at these photos it's it's the fact that we're comparing ourselves to people that are causing us to have struggles and that doesn't mean that the companies behind these platforms don't have a role to play in creating these cultures and these thoughts but ultimately it is up to each user To control their own interactions with these platforms and to make sure that they have a healthy relationship with them.
0: Right. The platforms have a responsibility uh, to make them less addictive. We have a responsibility in using them properly. Um, You know, something my dad used to say to me growing up was, you know, when it came to drinking alcohol, for example, was that you are your own liquor control board. Um, And I feel like that's something that we need to apply to social media. But uh, some of that comes through education. So Like we teach um, critical media skills, should we be teaching kids how to use social media from a younger age?
2: A hundred percent. So that's that's one of the biggest messages that we're trying to spread. It's that young people need to be taught how to use these platforms in a way that's healthy for their mental health. Just like you teach young people that you shouldn't drink two bottles of wine in one night, one glass of wine at dinner is fine, um, but two bottles is too much. We also need to teach them that social media by itself is fine and realistically, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But there are different habits that you should implement um, to have a really healthy relationship.
0: So just going, I want to focus on this education piece just a little bit, because I feel like it's something that we, in our education system, have not caught up to this reality yet that's out there for these kids. So is this something we should be teaching in the schools, or do you think that this is something parents should be teaching their kids?
2: Both. A hundred percent. It should be both. Um, but realistically, it's not in the school boards right now. So I think it's on the parents to get in there and to teach their kids, because if the school boards aren't going to do it, uh, it, it's really up to you to, to show them.
0: Okay. So let's talk a little bit then about how we should be using it. What are some of your tips um, that you share with uh, people to uh, use social media so it is less uh, intrusive into their lives?
2: Yeah, so we have five main tips and tricks that we want our users to implement into their everyday lives so that they have a healthy relationship. And the first one is to spend less than 30 minutes a day on all of the social media platforms. So this means TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, less than 30 minutes studies show that if you spend under 30 minutes, it's a lot less likely that you're going to have an unhealthy relationship. And then the second one is don't Photoshop or filter as, um, as addicting as it may seem. It's really unhealthy for our body image and mental health, because when you portray someone who you're not actually, this is going to take us a toll on your body image. And so really kind of avoiding getting into Photoshop and this also I want to yeah. I
0: want to jump in on that one just a little bit just a little bit because as you know this is something not just young people but I think everybody is facing I'm personally sick of looking at my face I'm just sick of it like I'm so tired of seeing myself right and you can't help but be extra critical when you're literally you have nothing to do but to analyze your, you know, every line on your face, every expression all day. So that one is a little bit hard, I think, for everybody. Um, So is there, would you suggest people do cameras off as much as possible?
2: No, no, you don't want to hide from your body image that you don't want to hide from your image that there are studies that show that this is not healthy as well. Um, But Keep your camera on, but perhaps hide your own face so that you're not looking at it. Um, but you don't you don't want to feel like you have something to be ashamed of because you have some wrinkles or you have a pimple on your face. Uh, that's definitely nothing that you should feel. So so keep cameras on, but don't have your photo on your own screen so that you're not looking at yourself all day long. That's definitely what we would recommend here.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. Now that, What's your next tip?
2: Uh, Next tip is to post one of the first photos that you take. So I think everyone gets caught up in the fact that they want to take kind of 20 photos, 30 photos, maybe even 100 photos like I used to do in my past. But studies show and my own experience shows that this is really not good for your mental health. Uh, So we say take three photos and post the one you like the most, but no more.
0: That is a hard one for me to jump in on because I feel like it's too easy to take 100 photos of yourself, uh, you know, and then you hyper every everyone. And then at the end of it, you're just frustrated and none of them are perfect. So you end up not posting or photoshopping it. So excellent, excellent advice. What do you got for me next?
2: Fourth one is to follow lots of positive accounts. So Make sure that your social media feed is full of people that are impacting you positively, whether they are your close friends or role models, and follow some stuff that you just love, like a hobby or dogs that you really like. I follow lots of bulldogs, um, that type of thing. So you want to laugh on your social media feed. Uh, and, and then the, this goes right into the fifth tip, which is to unfollow people or mute them if they're not having a positive impact on your body image. So for anyone who doesn't know what the mute button is, it is the ability to limit um, having people's photos or videos come onto your feed without actually unfollowing them. Because we all have those people in our lives who are who are affecting us negatively, but because of social ties, maybe they're your own sister, maybe they're your roommate, um or maybe they're a classmate, you can't unfollow them. And so that's where the mute button really comes in to let you kind of give your space and and make sure that your social media feed is healthy and productive.
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And I think that's one of those things about social media is you have to remember that the space you have on social media truly is your space as much as say your living room or your bedroom. You wouldn't just let you know a hundred people in at once, or certainly you if you don't want to be with somebody, you wouldn't let them be there. So it's the same on social.
2: A hundred percent. It's a uh, that that is actually one of the biggest problems with social media is that. It's coming into our everyday lives and it's coming into our most secure and safe places. So when we're in bed, cuddled up under the sheets after a long day where we used to feel really secure, we're now being bombarded with other people's lives and that's not that's not healthy, right? So um, it's really important to set those boundaries up and to make sure that your feed is designed for you and for what you want to see and not what other people want to show you.
0: And that, I think, takes us to your your final point, which is about learning to relate and not compare. Because, you know, if you're in bed cuddled up in your warm jammies and you go on your phone and see somebody off at a party, you can't help but have instant FOMO, <laughs> So I think that's a great tip too, is to just, um, you know, if they're out having fun, be happy for them and be happy for yourself, also comfortable at home, right?
2: yeah and and realize that social media is our best lives, and it's not the full full photo we are presenting our best lives we can't we can't take every every photo um as it is. we have to realize that there was often staging uh or a thousand photos taken for that one photo um just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And,
0: yeah, I think it's important to remember you only need to look at your own pictures to realize that sometimes you can look really happy in a picture, but behind the scenes you were having a terrible time. No, 100%. All right. So I want people to be able to connect with you, find out more, join the challenge. Where could they do that?
2: Our Instagram is at livelife underscore unfiltered. And our website is livelifeunfiltered.co. And so that is kind of the best place to find us or join our As She Is campaign by posting an unfiltered photo and using our hashtag.
0: All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Keisha.
2: Thank you.
3: Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 1059 The Region.
0: Joining me for this week's Saturday Night at the Movies is Ann Brody, and I am so excited to get into this week's show. I had no idea this was coming. Ann, let's talk about The Beatles, please.
4: Yes, it's a three-part documentary on Disney+, Plus, The Beatles' Get Back, featuring film footage that has not been seen by anyone in 50 that, years. It's amazing. <laughs> Unreal. So anyway, Michael Lindsay Hogg, who shot it, Back in in, uh, January of uh, 1969, held on to it, kept it safe and secure. And then he released it to Peter Jackson, who made Lord of the Rings. And he's put put together this incredible, nostalgic, wonderful series on the Beatles as they're recording. They're getting ready for um, their first live show up on the rooftop in two years. And they're making 14 songs for a new album. And Candace, I understand you had a pretty visceral reaction to the trailer.
0: Absolutely unexpected, but delightful reaction watching this trailer. I started to cry. The Beatles, to me, I grew up with them. We listened to them every day in the house. My dad was obsessed with them. So I know every song. Here comes the sun has been, you know, my mantra. It just was wonderfully humanizing to see them laughing and joking and loving and being friends and family. It was just heartwarming to see. And I think anybody who watches this will be just be incredibly moved. If, especially if you love the Beatles, this was what a delight seeing this in my inbox this week. I can't wait to catch the whole series now.
4: Yeah. And I just want to say, I, I was so touched by seeing how young they were and their, their long hair, the mop tops and how loving they were with each other. So Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great one, and that's uh, Three Nights, so catch them all. The next person I want to talk about is kind of a local Ontario beetle, Elwi Yost. TVO has put together a documentary called uh, Magic Shadows, Elwi Yost, A Life in the Movies. He was a seminal figure in, in Toronto and the, and the province's film Growth and Knowledge back then there was no IMDB to teach you about film there was uh, there was nothing you had to have experienced film he experienced film he was a number one fan he was so affable and, and lovely and his reputation was such that he didn't have to do the regular press rounds with people he was invited to the homes of Janet Lee to Jimmy Stewart's home to Charlton Heston's home he was absolutely adored and respected. And people talk about, there's what Greg Godovitz, a musician in Toronto says on it, that he met two Beatles. He met two Rolling Stones, but he was never as excited to meet Elwy Yost. So it looks back at his time teaching us about film, sharing his love of film. And he inspired his son Graham to become a filmmaker and his telling Uh, To Graham, the story of Kurosawa's um, runaway train. That was the impetus for Graham to do Speed. And that was the beginning of his career. So this is just a very, again, a very nostalgic look back at time. So it's a goodie. And I'm just going to say that was the beginning of that
0: was the beginning of my love affair with Keanu Reeves.
4: Yeah, right. Well, that's always important, yes,
0: <laughs> to
4: note that. <laughs> Speed
0: was such a great movie.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, the humans, Anne. Oh, boy, this talk about humans, yes. American Thanksgiving. So a family gathers together in the youngest daughter's uh, lower Manhattan apartment. It's pre-World War One. It's a very queer building. The lights come on and off. The walls bubble drips come down in the strangest places and it just lends some unease and tension to this Thanksgiving gathering that the family's having you don't really know what's going on you don't know if it's sci-fi so yeah so here we have Amy Schumer, Beanie Feldstein Stephen Yun, and June Squibb who I adore um, and and Richard Jenkins who's a great actor together just them in these few rooms in a staircase they sort of let their guts spill it's not sudden it doesn't even spotlight what they're saying is being important about what has gone wrong or right in their lives it just gradually naturally builds so it's this weird mixture i don't know horror maybe um intense drama and the love that these people have for each other it's really kind of peculiar and wonderful so it's, it's well worthwhile. It's in theaters too.
0: Excellent, people do to get out to the theaters can get out there and do that then. Uh, tell me then quickly, anything else? We have about 30 seconds left.
4: Yeah, a ton of stuff. There's a great documentary on Jacques Cousteau. Um, Apple TV has uh, CODA, this film about uh, children of, of deaf parents, just heartbreaking and wonderful. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in Come On, Come On. A, again, a, a lovely film about family that's really, it's black and white. It's tender, delicate. Got to see it.
0: All right. Excellent. So for all of these and more, you have them uh, on whatshesaidtalk.com. Thanks, Ann. Thank you. It has been said that we are missing more and more in today's world, that sense of community, that feeling of fellowship with others near to us. We have become increasingly insular as we tether ourselves to technology, and that results in a loss of empathy and care for others. My next guest has lessons for us all. Dr. Sally Palmer is a retired professor in the McMaster University Faculty of Social Sciences and a 26-year member of the Children in Limbo Task Force. Serving on many communities and volunteering her time for more than 45 years, she is a social justice advocate, an Indigenous ally, and founder of the Good Food Box program, which provides fresh produce to low-income Ontarians. At 85 years old, she is a role model for us all and joins me now to discuss the importance of getting involved in your community. Welcome to the show,
5: Dr. Palmer. Thank you very much.
0: So at 85, a lot of people have sort of settled into the golden years. They're, you know, enjoying their their quiet time and not you. You show no signs of slowing down. So what keeps you motivated?
5: Well, I think a number of things. I I really enjoyed my work. Uh, I worked in the field of social work uh, for quite a while. I was in child welfare. I worked with um, patients who were getting home dialysis for kidney disease in a hospital. And I worked in a psychiatric hospital. And then I decided I'd like to teach. So I went back and got a PhD and started teaching in in my mid-40s. But also it goes back to my early experience. Uh, uh, that I felt that life just in my own little neighborhood didn't seem very fair. Um, My mother had grown up in a poor family. Uh, My father was middle class and maybe it was because she felt more comfortable, but she built a house. They built a house in a poor, well, a working class neighborhood. But my friends, right from the beginning, didn't have the opportunities that I had. I would go off to a nice summer Camp and they would go off to maybe a church camp for a week, and since I lived with them all the time, I I really saw the unfairness of it. So I think that's why I went into social work.
0: I want to ask you though, because you've been volunteering for over forty five years, various uh, organizations and committees. Have you seen a shift in that space? Like, are there less volunteers? Is it harder to get people involved?
5: Well, I think it it may be. The only example I have is. Uh, we have a a group in Hamilton called the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction, and it's chaired by a very excellent man, Tom Cooper. Uh, he tried to help us out when people weren't picking up their boxes. Uh, he took me over to a volunteer center in Hamilton, and we asked whether some of the people could deliver the boxes because they're fairly heavy, and uh, the. People have to come on the bus. And they have to pay the money on the bus, back and forth. And it would be, if it was a bad day, they were discouraged. So we got about 10 out of the 60 people uh, we wanted to get the, delivered to them. And we asked if they could offer some volunteer help. And they didn't. Um, they just said they didn't have that many people. Uh, and I know somebody's recently said this was covid uh, related that the we have a beautiful place in Hamilton called the Royal Botanical Gardens, but a, and a lot of volunteers work there, but they haven't been coming out in COVID. What has volunteering given you? The best feeling in the world is to feel you've done something for somebody else that uh, makes a difference for them. And I found that when I've talked to people, we had um, one woman that was really. Good. She was. She came to the campaign for out of welfare and disability benefits. She was about fifty five, I think. She had three daughters, and she had been left as a single mother. And she had been working part time as a teacher in the Hamilton School Board. And she then had an accident. She got hit on a crosswalk, and she couldn't work anymore. Uh, So she was just trying to get by on ODSP, Ontario Disability Support Program. And she was really determined to get her daughters a good education. And she didn't want them to be tied down in debt by getting, I think it's called OSAP, Ontario Secondary or Student uh, Aid Program. That's what it was. And so she she was trying to, change things. And what she wanted to get changed was if uh, if a post-secondary student, this was back in 2007, if a post-secondary student wanted to have a job when they were at secondary college or university, they had to give part of the money that they earned uh, to their mother because she was going to be cut back by the amount they earned. They had to, it was considered as uh, family income. High school students, it wasn't, but post-secondary, it was. And we tried to help her, but she did a lot of it herself. Um, we're, we were able to have access to Anvia Horvath, um, who's now the leader of the MDP. She wasn't the leader. We probably wouldn't have gotten her, but she took uh, this woman and a couple of people from our committee to Queen's Park, and she brought up the question of, uh, why are you taking this money away from these students? You know, that they should be using it to uh, pay the tuition and books, et cetera. And they sort of tossed it around for a while from the, uh, the person that was in charge of the poverty reduction strategy to the person that was in charge of training in universities, but it didn't seem like they were going to, they said that they'd look into it and nothing was happening. well, the mother decided she was going to trail around after the person that was in charge of the Ontario Poverty Reduction Strategy. And this, it was brand new and they were going to put out their first plan in, uh, at the end of 2007 to start in 2008. And by golly, she, she managed to sit next to this minister for quite a while at different things and remind her every time. And when it came out, in December 2007, what the strategy was going to be, they included that they would call, uh, they would not call the earnings of post-secondary students family income. And so this freed it up. And we wouldn't have done it without that mother. She was really good. And then we were the ones who went with went to Queen's Park and sat there and were pointed out by uh, by uh, Andrea Horvath.
0: So if somebody's listening and they've never volunteered before, uh, what advice
5: would you give them? I think that it will make them feel better than just about anything they could do. Uh, you know, we, we've we all had paid jobs and uh, we we may like our jobs. Uh, sometimes we don't feel we're getting much credit for. It. We may even feel worried we're going to lose our jobs. But something you do volunteering is usually going to be something we're interested in and uh you're going to have a good feeling uh, it certainly has given me a uh, a real boost
0: well i I have heard uh from uh, landy anderson uh, a previous guest that you are absolutely tireless and that she was out hiking with you and had to ask you to slow down
4: <laughs> so <laughs>
5: that she was a bit of up a, with you <laughs> that was a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> I took her to see a waterfall and then I got a an important phone call. So I made her go the rest of the way herself and she was worn out when she got back, but I wasn't doing it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you're, you're incredible. You're tireless. We thank you for your, your dedicated service, obviously to Ontario and to all these great causes. If people would like to connect with you, where can they do that?
5: Well, my email is Sally Palmer, uh, 35, which is the year I was born at gmail.com.
0: All right. Excellent. Sally, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Candace. (sighs) (sighs)
3: Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 1059 The Region.
1: Nothing compares to you.
0: I have a weird obsession with laundry. I felt pretty alone with this, but then I found my next guest on. TikTok. Melissa Pateras is a mom of three, a social worker, and has a passion for laundry that has helped her gain 1.2 million followers around the globe who follow her for laundry tips, hacks, and pure comic relief on one of life's most mundane tasks. Melissa is joining me now to talk laundry talk. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you very much. I have to ask, what was the inspiration for starting? Laundry talk.
6: Well, you know, funny enough, it's a it was another TikToker, uh, Hannah Bread Talk, if you're familiar with her. She makes bread. And uh, I had watched her when I first started on the app and I thought it was absolutely amazing how she was able to kind of capture people without speaking and just sort of uh, eye contact and some music. So uh I duetted her <laughs> doing laundry and it just sort of took off from there and I was surprised at the response, and so uh, we did what I called uh, closet porn and basically showed my closet and, and my drawers, and uh, I knew I was weird, uh, but uh, I just didn't know that anybody else would be interested in it, so it just sort of, uh, it it just took off from there, and it kind of became a a very strange thing that has surprised me and... <laughs> I was going to say, were you surprised by
0: the response to this?
6: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, completely shocked. You know, uh, one of my first TikToks uh, j- doing the laundry was, uh, you know, I used to be funny because I always thought, yeah, I, I'm more funny than anything else. Uh, and then uh, the laundry just sort of came out of nowhere. And then I, and I kept doing laundry and, uh, you know, I, I was doing it to music, doing a lot of eye contact, people were interested in that. And then I just sort of, uh, morphed into, you know, like home cleaning hacks and, and now even construction. I mean, I've always, uh, I've always worked in construction and and done renovations and that sort of thing. So it's kind of morphed into that. And I, I, I don't necessarily stick within uh, the rules of TikTok, which is, you know, pick a niche and, and stay with it. Um, you know, I just, I, I mix it up a bit and uh, hope that people like it.
0: Well, they're absolutely responding. But speaking of people liking it, you had a fan in Australia who has become your partner. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about that?
6: Yeah, um, you know, it was the funniest thing. And you know, I was on the app and I, I just, I saw this girl come up on my For You page and uh, I just thought, well, she is funny you know, and you don't usually get pretty and funny and all the things all together. And I thought, huh. So I started following her and following her. And then uh, she was at the same time following me, I suppose. Uh, and then she duetted me and I was like, oh, okay, she's, you know, this is great. Uh, and then we just sort of went back and forth for quite a while and then just, uh, you know, started talking and, uh, Surprisingly, we spent uh, six to eight hours a day on video chats, uh, fell in love, and she has moved to Canada. She sold everything she owns, and we just did it.
0: Who could have imagined a love story like this coming out of TikTok? It, it's just, it's so great. I love it, every aspect of this story. Uh, so what's next for you? Because you're a social worker. You work full time. Um how much time do you invest in TikTok a day and do you see this leading somewhere else?
6: Yeah, um, you know, I I initially, you know, you talked about one of the first videos I did uh which which I put out on Facebook um and that one that one kind of blew up and then I was on Good Morning America and it was it was just that's where it it sort of went crazy and then I but really the whole premise, the whole point of it was just to sort of keep yourself busy during uh quarantine like we were just my kids were nervous and unco- we, we, nobody knew what was happening. So we were just making videos just to have fun. And then, you know, I, I started on TikTok and, um, you know, and I don't, I'm a big one where I don't have a peel box. I don't take anything from anybody. I never accept any, anything like that. Um, and I've just kind of waited. I I I do have a book in the works um which is a, a, a very large project and um it it's it's a huge project uh i'm not self-publishing so it's there's a lot of people involved <laughs> and um and then whatever else comes comes but yeah because like you know i'm working full-time and i and we uh tracy and i bought the new house and and we completely gutted it so we're working on that i have three kids um you know it's 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 very busy i have my merch line and and everything else and it's it's incredibly busy but you know if anything else comes of it i have no idea we'll see it's just right now it's fun and yeah i do spend a lot of time th- more thinking about the tiktoks rather than actually doing them
0: <laughs> i have to, i have to ask you have teenagers
6: i do i have two teenagers
0: What has their response been to your popularity
6: on TikTok? Are they mortified or are they thrilled? Well, my 19-year-old daughter, uh, she thinks it's kind of just dumb. Um, But her boyfriend is my biggest fan. He absolutely loves it. He follows me like crazy. Um, She's okay with it. Um, I think during her first year of university, she didn't tell anybody. And then her roommates all of a sudden saw it and said, wait a second you never told us your mom was laundry talk um but now all of her friends call me laundry talk and everything else Um, my son is a little bit embarrassed more for the innuendos he's 16 and he just thinks it's dumb and then once in a while um some of his friends uh will have my videos saved like he said mom that book you read is on my buddy's phone like that's horrible you gotta stop doing that (laughs) Um, and my eight year old thinks it's a hoot and she just wants to do dances with me on TikTok. So, um, but they've all been pretty good. Uh, I think that they get annoyed if I tell them like they have to be quiet while I'm trying to record something. (laughs) that's about it
0: i can relate to that so i want people to be able to find you melissa get follow uh, laundry talk get all your uh, literally you do give great tips and i do want people to know this your your advice has been excellent i picked up quite a few from you and i thought
6: i was obsessed with laundry so where can
0: people connect with you
6: so i am on tiktok i'm on facebook and i am on insta my insta's not great i just feel like i'm too old for insta but uh It's, it's, everything's under my name and it's Melissa Pateras, but my, my maiden name is Delks, which is D I L K E S. So it's Melissa Delks Pateras. Um, and that's it. I, that's, it's just my name, all three. And yeah, I mean, I post a lot on Facebook. I post different, I try to do different stuff on each platform, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and see what, what's next. I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so glad you joined me. And I definitely want you back when this book comes out. So please let me know when Absolutely. when it's ready to be published. All right. Thanks so much, Absolutely. Melissa.
6: Thanks so much for having me. And it was nice meeting you.
0: You too. We are closing out today's show with Melanie Durant. Fresh off her hit single, Bait and Switch, award-winning Melanie has released the brand new video for her single, One in a Million. She is joining me now to share the inspiration behind the song before we play it for you in its entirety. Welcome to What She Said, Melanie. Thank you for having me, Candace. So, One in a Million peaked at number nine on the Canadian iTunes R&B chart, earned the number one spot on Ryerson Radio in Toronto, and has been gaining positive attention around the globe. Why do you think it's resonating with listeners so much?
3: Well, first off, I didn't know that it was number one, so that's awesome to hear. But um, hopefully it's because it's something people can relate to. When I sat down to write this album, not just the song, but the entire album, Where I'm At, I tried to write songs that people could relate to on topics that I was kind of aware of.
0: So tell me then, what is the inspiration or background for the song One in a Million? And then again, for the the album at large, the entire album?
3: Well, the album is written basically about uh, narcissistic personality disorder and selfish entitled people. Um Basically, I keep running into these personalities and I didn't realize what I was seeing until I I Googled why people can't take no for an answer. And then a whole bunch of information opened up and I went down the rabbit hole of Google to do research and, you know, just better understand what I was running into. So this song is about um, basically the ups and downs within a, a relationship where narcissistic personality disorder is present. So you can be upset at this person and yet be grateful to them or so deeply in love with them. It's confusing. So that's what this specific song is about. So
0: this obviously, the entire album and the song One in a Million came from a very personal spot for you. Was it cathartic to get it all out and, and all of these songs?
3: 100% it felt really good to, to pen this. And when it was complete, I felt very proud of myself. I think this is my best work to date. Amazing. And so
0: that that leads us to, we're going to play the song uh, for people. But before we do, uh, I'd like people to be able to find you, find the album. Uh, So where can they connect with you and get your music?
3: Well, you can connect with me online. Uh, It's always Melanie Durant on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, YouTube. You can check out the videos where uh, Melanie Durant again. And basically, all my music is available on all major streaming platforms. But if you just want to go to MelanieDurant.com, everything's laid out right there. All the links are available.
0: That's it for What She Said for this week. Stay up to date with our newsletter by signing up at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. And be sure to follow on social at what she Said talk on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for videos of these interviews and more. Finally, be sure to subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify to re listen to this episode and find full details for all of today's guests. I'll be back next week with more What She Said on 1059 The Region.
1: out there for me. Anything and all for me. Built up our own fantasy. Almost felt like make-believe. I know, I know. you said you'd never leave. And now I know you lied to me What you promised me honesty. Promised me so, now I'm promised on, me so now I'm on. So now I'm free. give you can I move on is this a test to see if we're strong turn small things into superstars. On, and then you just can't apologize I just had all the rights and then it went wrong but I can't really say my feelings are gone come on, come on. honestly come on, you lie on. you lie you lie to me one Can I move on? Is this a test to see if we're strong? Come on, come on. You turn small things into super size And then you just can't apologize Had all the rights and then it went wrong But I can really say my feelings are gone come on, come on.
3: episodes of What She Said on 105.9 TheRegion.com Hi,
1: I'm Steve Yurko.
2: And
0: I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars.
1: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at TheAllyMars.com.
0: Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.
4: Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.